This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's Betting the Ponies on the Bet Rivers Network. Big weekend of racing. This is Betting the Ponies right here on the Bet Rivers Network. Monzo, Malusis, and Moose. It is Pegasus weekend down at Gulfstream. Beautiful Florida. I said this to you like three or four podcasts in a row now. I don't think I've seen the sun since I've left Florida. It is raining every day. It's been snowy. It's been cold. But there will be sunshine in Florida and a lot of great races down at Gulfstream. And I'm looking forward to you giving us six winners. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's a good weekend. I mean, it is. You had the Eclipse Awards the other night, which was great. Um, and, and congratulations to all the winners. Um, but uh, this is a fun weekend. And you get what they were trying to do initially. You know, it used to be, what, a million-dollar buy-in. I think the Pegasus is now, what, $3 million when you look at the purse. It's an interesting race. Um, it really depended on when we get to that one, how you feel, um, the front runner, whether or not, you know, uh, Baffert's front runner is going to be able to hold up in national treasure on the front end and what has historically been a speed favoring track, but you got quality racing throughout the course of the day on Saturday. It's one of those days it's, you know, cold, dank, dark, rainy here in the Northeast. Uh, hopefully the weather's solid uh, down in Southern, uh, Florida, on Saturday and you get to kind of relax, sit in, get your to-do list done early in the day and then uh, sit back and watch some quality racing. That's exactly what we're going to get from Gulfstream Park on Saturday. Now there's seven, eight stakes races on the card. We're going to go through the late, uh, well, not the late, but we're going to go through the pick six towards the end, which has six graded stakes events on social media as well. Uh, We are going to start with, and we will close out with the Pegasus, which is a, I think, Considering there's no superstars in the race, I think that makes the race better as far as uh, betting and um, finding maybe a price or putting you know together a solid trifecta. I think there's opportunities to do that. We're going to start with race eight at Gulfstream, which is the William L. McKnight, a mile and a half on the turn, a grade three event moose. And looking all the way to the inside, Chad Brown, who as of this moment, now this doesn't include the Thursday or Friday races. I haven't looked at the results and Friday races haven't happened yet. How about Chad Brown at this point being over 27 at Gulfstream? That's crazy. Unbelievable. I mean, uh, you know, you'd never think that. Uh, you know, he's too good of a trainer to think that that's going to last uh, that much longer. But, yeah, he's gotten off to a staggering start down at Gulfstream Park. Kind of uh, strange. You, you think to yourself, like, what the hell is going on with the amount of, uh, you know, the amount of losers that he sent out down there at Gulfstream Park. But, um Maybe that changes on Saturday. Maybe he has a big day on Saturday. I think it will change Saturday, but I'm not sure it's going to change in this race. He does have the favorite, Francesco Clemente, all the way on the inside. Um, a lot of good horses in this race. Stone Age, Value Engineering, he used to be a tra- Chad Brown horse. Uh, Palazzi, Verstappen, Celis, so good horses, horses we've seen. Rock Emperor, another Chad Brown horse. But again, this kind of goes back to this day. I don't feel as though there's any superstars in this race, and I think there's a, a good opportunity, multiple good opportunities, 
to bet against your inside favorite, Francisco Clemente, who's 2-1, to one, despite having Chad Brown and Irad Ortiz Moose? Yeah, I, listen, I, I think you mentioned Cellist, uh, Verstappen. I think when you look at Francisco Clemente, I think it's interesting, you know, never run a, clo- a Gulfstream Park, um, never won at the distance at a mile and a half. Um, you know, comes over from Europe. You've seen Chad Brown do this a lot where he brings over horses from Europe. Um, you know, is running some and has had some good top form ratings over in Europe and and maybe uh he's gonna continue to need to take another step forward um on Saturday, I believe, in order to win the eighth race. I'm not so sure uh he gets it there. Like I ride Ortiz hopping aboard, good race in the Hollywood Turf Cup, lost that race by uh, you know, a, a neck. Uh, did Francisco Clemente uh, workouts have been solid. However, that's not where I landed in this race. Um, I landed with a, a Chad Brown horse, but I went uh, a couple horses to his outside. I landed on stone age at seven and two on the morning line for Brown blinkers coming off. You talk about the, the change um, in equipment being a positive thing. I think that'll be a positive thing for stone age gets back to doing what I believe that he wants to do, which is running longer distances, uh, you know, is running grade ones and grade twos, group ones over in Europe. I mean, this is a horse that ran in Chai Tin in the Hong Kong Vaz. Um, I do think it's a positive as well. It gets a familiar jockey back up on him in Ryan Moore, who hops on a board for Chad Brown. Um, and Moore is there that day because he's riding a, um, an O'Brien horse later on in a, in a, uh, in a Philly turf race. And we'll get to that race in a little bit uh, in warm heart. But I like the three stone age at seven to two on the morning line. Um, he's my top pick. Um, I watched him run over in Europe and watched him run stateside. He hasn't really necessarily hit it. Uh, what you expected him from here stateside. I think he was a massive disappointment on a yielding turf course last August in the sword dancer at Saratoga, where he was, you know, the two one favorite. I like Bob Bolshoi ballet that day. Uh, so I was happy that he won the race, but still, um, I think I think maybe the harder surface uh, down at Gulfstream Park hits him right between the eyes. I think the mile and a half is what he wants. I'm going to go seven and two Stone Age uh, in race three, in race eight, the three uh, for Chad Brown and Ryan Moore. I'm going to call what I'm going to say one of my best bets of the day of the six. This is probably my second best bet of the day. I'm using the seven for Stappen, who. If you look at the trainer, I understand one for 30, not overly exciting. You get Frankie Dettori, who I know you love. Paceless race, which I think really hurts the inside horse, Francisco uh, Clemente. Um, so there's not a lot of pace. And I actually think your horse, Stone Age, may be the horse that tries to go to the lead, especially uh, with the equipment change. Maybe they're going to try and uh, put this horse on the lead. He's done it in the past. He's been close. Um, but if you look at Verstappen, a lot of – versatility can be close to the lead can come off the pace and really since april of last year has run really well in all these graded stakes events uh has run well at this distance ran really well in september kentucky downs at this distance you know how much i love horses coming out of that track that run well always finishes doesn't consistently win but i think gets a questionable field here i think gets a setup where maybe this horse goes to the lead maybe this horse just sits off a horse and, and stomps late I think this race sets up well for him. If you look last out, finished behind Masterpiece and Soldier Rising, two really good horses. Finished behind Red Knight. We know how good a horse that is. Channel Maker, one of the the classy horses that recently retired. So a lot of foundation for this horse. I love the Tory getting on board. I like the little bit of a break here. 
was running really well before the layoff. I think this race sets up well for a horse out of war fronts. Um, lot, you know, what I like is the versatility. The inside horse, the favorite, comes well off the pace. This horse, Verstappen, can sit close. He can rate. He can come, you know, if they're moving a little fr- fast up front, which I don't think is going to be the case because there's no real speed in this race, which is why I think he'll be up close. Um, makes a lot of sense. Last year, 2023, you know, hit the board six out of eight times. Hasn't run a golf stream. I guess that's your big concern, but has won at this distance. To me, makes a lot of sense. Nine to two on the morning line. Frankie, Brandon Walsh, Verstappen. That's my top pick. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I I thought Verstappen, he was one of the ones I thought about picking up on top, so I can understand why he liked the seven. Um, you know, a horse that I, I think is a little intriguing that I'd use underneath. Um, I'd reuse uh, Grand Sonata for Todd Pletcher and Tyler Gaffleone underneath as well. Two for three at Gulfstream Park, 0 for one at the distance for sure. Is running grade ones, grade twos, grade threes. Like the workout January 13th, best out of 33. Grand Sonata would be one. Uh, a son of Medallia Oro at 10 to 1 on the morning line that I would use underneath. But I'm going to use uh, Verstappen uh, underneath as well. I use Verstappen with my top pick, the three Stone Age. And I, I think you have to throw Francisco Clemente uh, in underneath in the exotics. And if you're using multi race exotics, I think you got to throw the one in as well, just for even though he's been cold as anything down at Gulfstream Park. Uh, Chad Brown, I rat Ortiz, a son of Duvawi. Uh, I think you got to use um, in those multi-race exotics. We're moving on to race nine at Golf Street Park on Saturday, and that's the inside information, which is a grade two event, seven furlongs, one turn on the Golf Stream dirt. Moose, uh, again, another race where no superstar, just a lot of really good B-plus horses, in my opinion. Um, a lot of speed in this race. Not you know maybe that means something maybe it doesn't on on paper it should mean something and I'm going to play it as if there's going to be a little bit of a pace meltdown. Where did you look? Um, you're going to play it that there's going to be a little bit of a pace me- me- uh, meltdown. Um, I landed on um, I went all the way to the outside for Jorge Delgado. Uh, I went with the ten Olivia Darling. I ride Ortiz four to one on the morning line. Second race off the form cycle. Uh, at the distance is never one, but has run five times at the distance, ran second and third uh, in two of those occasions. Familiarity with Gulfstream Park, one for three, uh, has come in the money two of three occasions. Um, I know a little bit of a step up, but I, I do agree with you uh, that there's going to be a you know pace up front to be able to run into. Um, if she can build off her last race uh, in the Sugar Swirl at Gulfstream Park, it was a six furlong event. She ran a 91 buyer speed figure. I believe that's a career high. I'm looking at the fact that I think she, if she's able to take a step forward, was given the necessary time off after that. That was right around Christmas time, December 23rd. Um, the workout at Gulfstream Park uh, on January the 20th would lead you to believe that she's in good form. Four furlongs in 48 and two, eighth best out of 89 that day. Um, a daughter out of Palace. I think Olivia Darling, I like the fact that Ortiz hops on a board. Uh, I don't think the stretch out is going to bother her. I think she's going to get pace to run into. I'll take the four to one on the morning line. Yeah, we're on the same horse. We're, we're on Olivia Darling. Both of us at four to one. I love the last race. I love the fact that um, has the ability to rate, can sit back. We saw that last out and ran considerably well, despite um, you know just just maybe you know some other really good horses in this race. I like the stretch out. Um, Delgado's. I would have preferred. Here's. I would have preferred Jose Ortiz instead of Irad. I guess that's my one thing. I love Jose and these dirt sprints, but I think for the price, 
considering there's a lot of speed and this horse should be able to navigate the trip from the outside makes a lot of sense. Four to one is my top pick. A lot of speed though, Moose. Uh, your favorite is, uh, let's see, who's the intrepid, intrepid daydream five to two on the morning line is your favorite. I had a Jess's dream who was, um, one for one in her career. If you remember the one win at Saratoga a long time ago, seven for 14 in her career horse makes a lot of sense here, but again, it just comes down to the price, the value. Um, and really I was impressed by that last, uh, that last run at Gulfstream back in December. Yeah, I, I'll throw, I'll give it a little bit of love, even though she's never won at the distance, never run at Gulfstream Park. I think you got to throw in, you mentioned Jose Ortiz. I think you got to throw in his mount in this race. And that's an, uh, that's another Chad Brown entry. I know we discussed earlier in the podcast how, you know, cold Chad Brown has been down at Gulfstream Park. But I think if you, I like to cut back in distance from um, a mile to seven furlongs, uh, I do like that aspect of it. Uh, I know it's not been successful in the past. The buyer speed figures, if you go back to last August and July up at Saratoga and Belmont in June, um, the the buyer speed figures would fit. Then uh, caught a muddy track at Aqueduct in early December. Uh, I think she'd like Gulfstream Park a little bit more. Uh, first race over Gulfstream Park at 8-1 to one as a flyer underneath. I don't think she can win, uh, but a horse to outrun her odds. Um, I would certainly take gerrymander. Moving on to race 10, that's the Pegasus World Cup Philly and Mare Invitational Mile and a 16th on the Turf Moose. And some familiar names in this race, including my top pick, and that's going to be the seven Fluffy Socks, who I love in this race for Chad, for Irad. Um, just a consistent runner. We've seen Fluffy Socks now at six years old, five for 22 in the career, really in good form last year. Only one for eight at the distance, but. There was a good amount of speed in this race. Just looking to the outside, Queen Goddess has showed some speed in the past. Sister Luann has shown some speed. Mission of Joy, you'd expect to be close. So I think there's plenty of pace for a horse to come off the pace. Now, I do think you have to worry about the nine, Didia, who, you know, for a while just won race after race after race. But for the price, for what I know Fluffy Socks can do with Irad, um, makes a lot of sense in this field, especially at four and a half to one. That's my top pick. Fluffy Socks. Yeah, uh, well, and I when the when these races got drawn before we did this podcast, and you know, I've I've liked Fluffy Socks in the past as well. I knew I knew that she was going to be your top pick uh, for Chad Brown and I, Rad Ortiz. Um, I went with I went with Didia. Um, you know, with uh, I'll take the six to one. I'm going to take a shot. Is obviously, you know, the class is there. Um, and it's been well-traveled. Churchill Downs, Belmont, Santa Anita uh, has been really, really successful. Jose Ortiz hops on a board for the first time. Uh, the buyer f- speed figures obviously fit. Uh, three for three at the distance. Has never run at Gulfstream Park. I don't really bother. It doesn't really bother me because she's been well-traveled. I mean, this horse has run at Colonial Fairgrounds, Churchill Downs, Belmont, and Santa Anita. So uh, she's been all over the country. Uh, she's a six-year-old. I think she's a little bit higher of a class, um, but I wouldn't be surprised to be a little bit concerned with Fluffy Socks in terms of the trip. I think Didia uh, is going to be able to sit a little bit better of a trip off of the front end speed. I'll take the six to one on the morning line with Jose Ortiz. The nine is my top pick. I think another horse you got to get up a little bit of love as well underneath is Ruby Nell. Uh, the six for Richard Mandela, Spendthrift Farm, Frankie DeTori, who obviously is going to continue to run stateside. His career is not over. Um, at front end speed, 
if she's able to get if, – if she's not pressured up front, you'll know in the first quarter mile, first half mile of this race in terms of Ruby Nell, whether or not she's going to be there toward the end, a daughter of Boltioro. Um, one for one at the distance is that coming over from California is run all the time at Sanity and Del Mar, but the six is one that I would use on top, especially with Frankie Dettori and his prowess and ability to be able to nurse horses along. Uh, I'd use her underneath as well. So I'm going to go six, seven, nine, or going to be my threat. Well, nine, seven, nine, six, seven will be my three picks in this race. Race 11 is the Fred Hooper, which is a great three event. One turn mile on the dirt moose and your inside horse hejazi am i saying that right you think i Hejazi's believe that's correct Hejazi, bob baffert Hejazi, eight to five on the morning line bob baffert paid a ton of money for this horse um certainly makes a lot of sense but i don't know two for eight you know some races where couldn't hold on uh, to it's me california speed i know so it's it's tricky uh, eight to five is an immediate look away, and I'm going to go, and this is going to be my actual best bet of the day, and that's going to the eight, Accretive, who I've bet in the past. I've picked on his podcast before. And if you could put yes. a line through the last race, because I'm just going to assume that Accretive did not like the slot. I think we were both on Accretive that day in the cigar mile. Yes, that was a great pick. But look, it, it, it rained. It rained. It was a uh, terrible it was selection. It was awful. But if you go to the form before that, uh, you know, rates can be on the speed. Um, winning really good races, a lot of uh, foundation, uh, tremendous workouts going into this race. I think at five to one is an absolute steal here. His father, practical joke, just was a one-turn mile freak. Um, now I know that doesn't always, you know, happen to to the you know the horses that they put out, but to me, at five to one here, the discrepancy in price between the one and the eight makes absolutely no sense. I'm going to pick a creative. It would stun me if this horse is five to one come post time. It would stun me. I would think we're looking more at like five to two, to be honest with you. Um, but makes a lot of sense in this race. Now, the quite you know, never run a golf stream. We talked about that, but um, just to me, if going back to some of these previous races, there's very little difference between these two horses, and I would expect a creative to to run a big race coming off a good workout, ready for this race. Let me ask you, who's going with the one? I think Giant Game likes to go. I think Great Navigator likes to go. Um, you're obviously relying on this horse breaking well from the inside. Um, you've seen Dreaming of Kona has been close to the speed. You don't even need somebody to go. You just need someone to put some pressure on. Look at the, the, the two. Expressman has shown some speed and has not held on. But, you know, that's kind of Expressman's game. So I think that, you know, I'm not even sure. Well, it's some speed at a mile and an eighth. I'm talking about showing speed at, you know, at the, the, the distance of a mile. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I, I couldn't – I don't think there's a lot in the race in terms of um, quality or, or horses that I feel comfortable with. Um, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, it's hard for me to look at a horse like Expressman and think that he's all of a sudden going to get fast enough on Saturday. Um, I think Steel Sunshine is interesting. I don't trust Paco Lopez in a big race um, just for, you know, all intents and purposes. But I think second race off the layoff, I think Steel Sunshine is interesting. Um, but I, I think there's a lot of horses in here that are a little bit filler. Like the, you could easily see a scenario here where why Hijazi is eight to five on the morning line. So you're looking at one turn mile 
Um, speed, Pratt hopping aboard for Bob Baffert. Baffert wanted to make a statement. Third race of the layoff, stretching out an extra furlong, going from six to seven and now to a mile. Obviously, speed plays at Gulfstream Park. And that, you know, he takes this one a long way and then maybe is holding on for dear life in the final, you know, 500 yards of the race. I mean, that's that's a distinct possibility. I think the only other horse that you can go with, to me, where I'd feel confident would be your top pick. And we're both going to hop on the same horse, which is the eight accretive, just because of the price at five to one on the morning line. Going on the idea, the last workout at Payson Park shows you uh, that he's ready. Um, you know, a, a son of practical joke who we all remember is not that long ago was unbelievable at one turn distances uh, was really, really successful, different around two turns, but around one turn was fantastic. Chad Brown, I ride Ortiz. Um, I think he didn't like the track in the muddy uh, being on the mud at aqueduct. I think before every other race puts him right there. Um, I'm with you. I don't think the stretch out bothers him or not the stretch. Out, I don't think the mile distance bothers him has run there three times, winner at one of those occasions. I'll go with the eight as well, creative at five to one in the morning. All things being equal and assuming that there's no extras in these horses. So if you know what I'm saying, if we're turning for home and it's the one and the eight and the eight's been rearing the one the entire time with pressure and it's these two turning for home, who do you think has the ability to finish first? Probably the eight. I would say if it becomes these two and they're putting their head down and battling. Yeah, the eight. I, I think based on how the eight has run in the past, how the eight has grinded in the past, how the eight has passed horses down the stretch, that's that's why. And that's also why I think that the odds are not going to be five to one. I, I would take five to two and be very happy with that. I would love five to one. I just don't see it happening. Yeah, um, I, I don't I don't think you're going to get five to one, but I'm with you in that assessment. I really am. I'm just curious in terms of, I think it's going to be not just pressure. I think, as we saw in the Malibu, um, where there was a duel, um, I think there's going to be, have to be a horse that's going to go after Hijazi. And hopefully, you know, down there, nobody just, you know, tugs and, and sit, lays back. Hopefully they go. Uh, because California speed is a little bit different. And, you know, Baffert loves making statements on big days. And he's got a, you know, he's got a really good chance uh, with the one Hijazi at 8-5 to five on the morning line. But, I'll go away. I'm going to think that he's going to get pressured up front, uh, and we're both on the same horse accretive. 12th race, almost at the top of the stretch here, Moose, is the Pegasus World Cup Turf Invitational, mile and eighth, Moose. And, you know, this is one of the two main events for this day. Um, another race where, you know, just I don't think there's any true turf superstar, and I think it's uh, open. I, I, I look, oh, you think Warm Heart's a superstar? Well, I think, well, I think Warm Heart's really tough to beat in this race. Uh, but... But I, I don't listen. I, I think I think if you like Warm Heart, who you know broke my heart in the Breeders' Cup Philly and Mare Turf because that was my top pick, and I went against Inspiral that day, and Inspiral came running down the lane. But there was a there was maybe a five second stretch at the top of the stretch, uh, no pun intended, where I thought Warm Heart was going to get home. But I mean, there's a reason why Aiden O'Brien is here and Ryan Moore. They're coming stateside. Uh, for this race with warm heart. I mean, I, I think with the, the races that that she has run in, a four-year-old daughter out of Galileo, I mean, look at, I mean, the Riverdale, the Irish Oaks, uh, running over in Longchamp, um, you know, running in, in the Breeders' Cup. I mean, nine to five is, I mean, sometimes you look like, if you compare accomplishments and you just look at 
you know, odds. Yeah, she's she's the most talented horse in this race. She is. Doesn't necessarily mean that she wins. I wouldn't necessarily say. I think, to me, it comes down to two horses in this race for me. It's either the nine warm heart or pulling at my heartstrings. It's McGahee, Tyler Gaffleone, and it's the three integration. Um, a massive step up uh, for in this race for for you know a, a son of Quality Road. Um, but I don't I don't think there's there's any doubt that um, that uh, he's really really talented. I went back and watched the Hill Prince. I went back and watched the Virginia Derby, uh, the style and fashion and the high cruising speed that he has. Uh, I think is top notch. The workout at Payson Park on January 20th, ready to go. Uh, McGahey knows he's got a good one here. Um, I think he was probably kicking down the door, uh, you know, out of what, you know, for West Point thoroughbreds, kicking down the barn uh, in order to get back on the track once again. They've handled them the right way. I think integration, as long as they knock on glass, because I'm sitting at a glass desk right now, but knock on glass, hopefully he's able to stay healthy. I think integration is one that has you know, star written all over them. They paid $700,000 for this horse. Um, you know, they, this is this is a high-quality four-year-old colt. I think integration, to me, it comes down to either the three integration or Warm Heart. So Warm Heart has never run at Gulfstream, never run at this distance, and is a short price, so going against everything you believe in. Sure. Uh, <laughs> but you're told no, no. But I, I'm not telling you that it's my top pick. My top pick is the three. I went with integration. That's my top pick. But if you're talking about like you said, I don't know if there's necessarily superstars in this race. Like you could easily make the argument that okay, I don't like Warm Heart for everything that you just mentioned. But there's no doubt that Warm Hearts. I mean, Warm Heart is is really a classy, classy filly. There's no question about it. So who's who's the speed in this race for? integration to close into um well i think the 11 main event is gonna go no and that's why the 11 is my top pick main event 10 to 1 on the morning line there is no other speed in this race this horse is what you call the horse for the course three for four weaver is winning at 30 percent right now at Gulfstream. uh this horse has hit at the distance two out of three times including last out in the fort lauderdale in which the fractions were not exactly slow. This horse was on the lead being pressured 47 for a half. I think this horse can control the race. Now I'm not saying it's the classiest horse. I'm not saying made events, the best horse I'm thinking race flow horse for the course, a yeah. lot of value running at his horses run against the likes of nation's pride has run against the likes of coinage has run against Annapolis, um, and won races. And right now is in form, um, to me, Coming off, of, <clears throat> I'm sorry. Coming off a layoff, the trainer is winning at 25 plus percent. I think if you're looking for some value in a big race, Castellano won more big races than anybody last year. Makes a lot of sense at this price. I'm not saying the three can't win or Warm Heart can't win. They're you know probably more likely winners, as our buddy Brad Thomas would say. Main event maybe has like a five percent chance to win this race, but at ten to one, being the lone speed on a horse on a track that you know he loves. I'm going to take main event to ten to one. I'm going to uh, I'm going to key him in exactas with the two horses you mentioned. I think you have to, but I think if you're looking for some value on top at a big race in a race where you're looking at form, you're looking at um, race flow, you're looking at a horse that loves the track, a horse that likes the distance. 
main event, 10 to 1 is my top pick in this race. Yeah, there you go. I could see. I mean, I understand everything, and I understand why. And Monzo and I, we've been you know picking races for a long time, and Brian's a huge proponent when he looked at that turf horses to see about race flow, how it's going to play up front, if he can get loan speed, and then if that loan speed is going to be one that historically – folds up the tents when it gets challenged or shows a little bit of heart down the lane. So I can understand everything you mentioned. Castellano coming off a huge 2023. George Weaver's been hot down there at Gulfstream Park. Weaver, obviously, a very successful turf trainer. Uh, I can understand with you going with the 11 main event. Um, one I would throw underneath uh, for me would be quickly would be the 10 Cheryl Spade 15 to 1 on the morning line. Uh, last, we saw, uh, last we saw him was running in the Breeders' Cup mile uh, there's no doubt the class of of the animal. Roger Atfield, Saez hops on a board. I think that's a positive. Uh, Show Spade at 15 to 1 on the morning line would be one, even though 0 for 2 at the distance, uh, never run at Gulfstream Park, um, would be one I'd use underneath at 15 to 1. But um, I, I'm going to go with what I believe is going to be, as long as he stays healthy, uh, a superstar for Shug McGahee, I'm going to go with the three integration as my top pick. Uh, in the race 12 at Gulfstream on Saturday. Race 13, top of the stretch, the best race of the day. Post time is 5.40 Eastern, so a little appetizer before the WWE Royal Rumble, which I'm sure Moose will be locked into. I'm going to watch it Saturday night. I can't wait. Should be good. Who do you like in the Rumble? Uh, I don't know. I've not broken it down. I have no idea. I just, you know me, dude. I swing in for these big events. You say that to try and embarrass. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not a huge wrestling guy. Like, I love the fact that The Rock when he was there New Year's Day um, on Monday Night Raw, where he goes, or do you want me to sit at the head of the table? And everyone lost his mind. Like, The Rock being back is great. Um, I'm going to – I love the Royal Rumble. It's a great event. Like, I'm going to watch it just because I'm a wrestling fan. But if you're going to ask me in-depth storylines and break it down, like Brian Monzo can, that is not me. I have no idea. I don't even know who the hell's in it, to be honest with you. Who's the last person? You're, wait, what are you asking? Who's the? No, they, oh, they don't determine. Who do you think wins the rumble? Uh, I'm betting. I'm not betting, but I'm I'm picking Gunther to win the Royal Rumble. Oh, Gunther. Okay. The 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 ring general, as they call him. Isn't Gunther? Is he the German guy? No, but he is European. But yeah, oh, European. He's, okay. he's in a group called Imperium. They're tremendous. Oh, okay, and that's oh, you love him. You love. You think he's a great wrestler? He's a phenomenal wrestler. Okay. Great, great sports entertainer. Anyway, uh, race 13. Uh, Gunther's not in this race. O'Connor is, however. And along with uh, the likes of National Treasure, we're talking about the Pegasus World Cup, which is a mile and eighth on the dirt moose and a lot of great winners of this race in the past. Um, National Treasure, seven to five, uh, six, I'm sorry, nine to five. The seven horse is your morning line favorite, who you would expect to go to the lead right out of the gate. Uh, first mission, another quality horse. Uh, Skippy Longstocking, another good horse. I think this race, I have a tough time trusting National Treasure in this spot over to the distance. You know, maybe if the horse was like three to one, I'd give a better look. I can't take this horse this short doing something that he hasn't been consistently, hasn't won doing. So I think this race is a little more wide open. Yeah, I mean. And you you hate National Treasure, let's be honest. I hate National Treasure. I've never been a fan. Like I've never been a fan. Like I, I don't. Uh, you, you've topped on a board a number of times. I've, I've never been. I've never liked them. I never have. Still bothered by the fact that 
Blazing Sevens didn't get by him in the Preakness when he had every, I mean, had every chance in the lane for Blazing Sevens. Uh, I thought he was going to win that day. You know, he's run sixth, fifth, fourth, second um, since then. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know. I, I think you hit upon the th- the storyline in this race, though. Are you really going to take National Treasure at nine to five and give him all the credit? Easily could have won the Breeders' Cup Dirt Mile. Congratulations to Cody's wish for being uh, win the Eclipse for the Horse of the Year and his connections. Uh, tremendous story on the track and obviously tragic and sad story off of it. But um, you look at National Treasure, you're really going to bet this horse who's never run at Gulfstream Park, never won at the distance. I know Baffert has success on these big days, have no issue with the human connections, Baffert and Pratt. Uh, the question is, is this horse good enough? Um, and, and with all that being said, is it good enough being able to run, uh, at this distance and be able to get lone speed at a mile and eighth? Like, I don't, I think the, I think the best thing about national treasure has got this quote unquote high cruising speed, the ability to carry the distance a, a long ways. I think when you look at these races that, you know, are a mile and a mile and an eighth, it doesn't necessarily play out that way. You think it would. You know, I had a perception of National Treasure and a reality of what National Treasure is. Therefore, I can't pick him at 9 to 5. Uh, I don't think it's a great race. Um, I landed, I mean, I think it's an intriguing one. I think it's I think it's a case of where if you don't like National Treasure, I think you can go in a lot of different ways. I, I, I really do. I mean, I, I think you can make an argument for Grand Aspen. Uh, for Todd Pletcher at eight to one on the morning line, I think you can make an argument for uh, Senior Buscador, who's twenty to one on the morning line for Junior Alvarado and Todd Fincher. Um, I think might be who might be the third or fourth best horse in this race. Trademark, you can make an argument for. I, I went with the horse that's uh, second on the morning line. I went with the eight first mission, Saez, Brad Cox, uh, first start off the layoff, coming off a, a nice performance, lost to Trademark in the Clark. Uh, right around Thanksgiving at Churchill Downs. The buyer speed figures, two of his last three workouts have been bullets. Uh, they thought really good things about this horse uh, out of street sense for Godolphin for a while now. Uh, the speed is there. The distance, uh, I don't think, will be an issue at a mile and eight. That's where I landed. I think National Treasure gets a little pace up front. I don't necessarily trust him in the lane. I'm going to go with the eight first mission. This is one of those situations where I landed on a horse that I've never bet, who I've watched people bet, who maybe I've even scoffed at them for betting them, and that's all the way to the outside, the 12, Skippy Longstocking. Oh! Who I just think this race sets up. This horse, He's found the ability, credit to the trainer, to rate. He's found the ability to go to the lead if he has to. He can get the distance. We've seen that. He can get the track. We've seen that. Uh, buyer speed figures are have gotten better throughout the years. Um, I absolutely love the workouts. They're running this horse every two weeks, every week actually, going into this race, training, training well, uh, out of exaggerator. So if there is a little moisture in the ground, that'll be a benefit. He's a two for two in the slop anyway. Uh, Gaff Leone, we've talked about on this podcast, has emerged as one of the best riders in the country. At eight to one, this horse, I think, is better than National Treasure. Um, if he continues to run consistently like he's done, 8-1 to one to me is a steal in this race. So Skippy Longstocking, who I think will be the horse sitting just behind National Treasure and has the ability to not only keep up with him, to pass him down the stretch. 
Now, my, I do think the horse that you picked is a, a big threat. That's first mission. Uh, wasn't overly impressed with the the, the Clark. Uh, you know, ran yeah, well. I, I thought should have won that race. Had every opportunity to win. You know, and maybe this horse is sitting right there at the finish line as well. We both love Street Sense. This horse was three for five last year. So there's nothing really not to like. I'm kind of just looking at the value. I'll certainly use first mission, probably key box him as well. Uh, but if looking for some value in a horse that I think is just put in a really good spot, all the way to the outside, can go close to the lead. You know, Gaff Leon's going to, you know, put this horse where he wants him. He's going to ask him to go when he's got to go. And we're going to see. I mean, this horse is rated. This horse has gone to the speed. This horse has run against really good horses. Art Collector, Cody's Wish, finished behind Cody's Wish, finished behind O'Connor, finished behind Rattle and Roll. Uh, you know, so it's run against these A, you know, A minus level horses. And I think this is a good opportunity to cash in at eight to one. Skippy Longstocking, my top pick. I can't believe I'm saying this in the Pegasus World Cup. Yeah, I'm going to give you a triple. I'm going to go first mission, Skippy Longstocking, and Senior Buscador. That would be my triple. I'm going to try and get National Treasure completely out. But I agree with you. Like Skippy Longstocking, I think when we did a podcast a number of weeks back, uh, I didn't have really a good day. But I think I bet Skippy Longstocking that day was, went off at 7 to 5. It was actually one of the winners I had that day. Understand the logic. Get it. Um, I think it comes down to whether or not National Treasure, how quick they go up front, how contentious the front end is, what does he have left in the lane. Uh, understand why uh, he's the price that he is. I would never bet him uh, at the morning line odds, and that might be the best price you get Saturday in the Pegasus is what he is on the morning line because he might be bet down even more from there. I'll be interested to see what first mission's odds are coming off the 7-2 to two morning line, uh, how much confidence people have if he's dead on the board or if he drops because I could see clearly first mission not going off at 7-2 to two. with the amount of money that are going to be in the pools. I could see him going off at 5-2. to two. If you've been, tank, been paying attention all week, it would stun me if Senior Buscador is not under 10 to 1. Oh, people hopping on board. Yeah, I think there are a lot of people. Yeah, no doubt. I completely agree with your line of thought. I, I think uh, I think he's – a lot of people look at him as being the third or fourth best horse in the race. I think rightfully so, given these conditions. Not accomplishments, but given these conditions uh, and what they're going to be running at on Saturday, uh, late Saturday afternoon, early Saturday evening down at Gulfstream Park. I think he's got maybe the fourth best chance to win the race. And he's 20 to one on the morning line, but he won't be when the gates open up. So we've done six races. Who's your top pick? Your best bet for Moose on Saturday at Gulfstream Park. Uh, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Shug. Um, I really, I'm really confident, you know, going back and I really, I really think integration of three, in race 12 at Gulfstream on Saturday, three to one on the morning line. I think quality road is a, a really, really talented four-year-old. I think they go with it eyes wide open that they're taking a big bite here and a massive step up, but I don't think McGahee's one of those horses, very similar to Bill Mott and other trainers around America. Uh, not all, but that are not going to put their horses in harm's way or just take a shot for the sake of taking a shot I think they really believe their horse is very, very talented. I think it's going to come down to integration and warm heart in the lane there, and I'm going to go with the McGahee trainee uh, to outlast them down the stretch. My best bet's in race 11. That's accretive, 5-1 to on the morning line. I think at the, as they get to the top of the stretch, he's going to put his head down, and he's going to win that race, and it's going to be really exciting. I'm looking forward to it. Moose, uh, get some Pedialyte, bro. 
you know, get some. Uh... Yeah, thank God this is not on video. I hopped on. I hopped on this morning, and Brian was like, "What's wrong with you?" I go, "Well, first off, I don't feel well. Number one. Number two, uh, I've been sleeping." Uh, and then number, well, not like all day, every day, but the point being is like, I look like I just, I look like I just rolled out of like a garbage can and Monzo was like, you look awful. I'm like, thank you. I appreciate that. You look, you look like you had a wedding last night and you got home at 5am. That's what you look like. No, no kids, man. Like it started, like it doesn't, it doesn't end. Like the other day, Jackson had skating practice at 640 in the morning. I got home at midnight from WPIX. I was up at I was up at five thirty. The kids were up at like one o'clock in the morning because they couldn't sleep. Um, it's just you don't get much sleep, man. You don't get it, there's no there's no rest. And then today I was able to sleep in a little bit, get some sleep. Trying, I love the catch up sleep. It's so nice and relaxing, especially when it's quiet at the house. Oh, it's so nice, which isn't make often. Sure, make sure to like and subscribe the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Let's go. Like and subscribe. We appreciate everybody listening. I know it's been a little bit of a, a longer edition of Betting the Ponies, but there's six great races. But we put on some picks on social as well, so look for us promoting the podcast. Moose, have a, a great weekend. Enjoy. Thank you. You and as well. Rest up. Thank you to all of our listeners. Thank you for being with us. We enjoy doing this each and every week. We appreciate you. Uh, and whether you go with us or fade our picks, whatever it might be, uh, it's great to be in this space and talking ponies every single week. I love it. We'll catch you next week. This is Betting the Ponies on the Bet Rivers Network. We'll see you. Thanks for listening to Betting the Ponies on the Bet Rivers Network.